0: We are back. Oh it's, it's been a minute. We've, uh, well, it's, it's we've been, been busy. a busy it's been, month. Yeah. It's been a busy month. All over the place. That's Wes Boone. I'm Trey Mongrew over at KLB Sports. Uh yeah, the last time we talked, um the Super Bowl hadn't even happened yet. Nope. That's uh done and dusted, and that was a pretty boring game. Very boring. Um uh, National Signing Day happened. Uh, that 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 preoccupied a lot of our time. And just a lot of little things to where Wes we haven't really like, honestly, we haven't actually seen each other that no, often. No,
1: there was, I was thinking about this the other day, there was like a period of like at least probably six days where I didn't even see it, or even that much because... Well, it was like a, the way like the schedule, the way the schedule yeah.
0: shifted, and it was weird. Uh, but we are back uh, for episode number six All of Talking Points. All the we that we're
1: here right now. Right,
0: you know, uh, last our last episode was February 1st, it is now at the... Day of this recording, February twenty first. Um, a lot has gone down. Um, now we could. Uh, we're recording this. We have the Lakers and Rockets on in the background right now. Uh, NBA season officially tipping off its second half tonight, and uh, Anthony Davis is still a Pelican because the last time we talked, we weren't sure if he was still going to be a Pelican because it was before the trade deadline. I think we both. We both. And here's the thing is. It's been weird to see
1: the way that the national media has approached this conversation because – uh, a lot of the talk around this at the time was, "Oh, are, when are the Pelicans going to make this move? Win, win, win." And it's like, well, wait a second, this
0: doesn't." It, it was like that at the very beginning, but then I think the narrative kind of shifted once the trade deadline passed. And they're like, why? I mean, again, you, again, it, was, at, it never made any sense. It, it was, it was one of those things where it was just expected that what, what, because all the, I mean, there was at least five leaked reports of a trade of a, of a trade offer that the Lakers made, and it was one of those things where it was like, "Oh well, now they added." Rajon Rondo to the mix. Now they added uh, two first round picks, and it was like one of those things where the it, Lakers were going to have no one on that team. Right? It was one like of those were, things like where they,
1: they traded. They were going to trade both of their the common
0: fan. And each time one of those leaks came out, the common fan was like, "Oh well, now the Pelicans have to take that it's trade. And, Why?" But here's the thing. Your trade is the 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 package you offer is only as, and we said this before. It, it's only as good as who whoever the top asset is. Yes. And at the end of the day, the top asset was either Brandon Ingram or, or Kyle, Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma, and that's so it, it doesn't matter what you add to that 100%, package. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And again, you hit the you hit the off season market, where the reports are that Boston is willing to give you Jason Tatum for him. Uh, I think you got to do and, that. And if that's the when
1: case. it's all said and done, I believe that the equation for the Pelicans here should be: I mean, it's not quantity; it should be safety and quality—the combination of both of those things. Because you had people uh, during this Lakers talk trying to sell you on the upside of Lonzo Ball. You had other. <laughs> you had other. You had other. There's been other teams that have gotten the miss where I, I, I've heard people say, "Oh, well, you know." Uh, this guy could be this, could be that. Right. Jason Tatum is the safest bet mm-hmm. out of all no, of those easy. guys. And if, if
0: you can get a Jason Tatum, he, uh, you feel good about you yourself. You take Jason Tatum and you take whatever the Lakers are offered in a package. All Jason Tatum I mean, is the only one in there that's like, this guy could potentially be an all-NBA first teamer. Yes. All the other ones, Kyle Kuzma would probably be a three or four on a championship team. Brandon Ingram, I'm not sure what he is as a player because he's a stick. Exactly, uh, he's tall, but he's not big enough to body down low, and he's not a good enough outside shooter to be a wing. So I don't know what Brandon and, and, Ingram and look, is.
1: Let's be let's be realistic in these situations. When when you go back and look at the uh, the, the precedent we have with these superstars demanding trades, uh, very rarely initially. I mean, like the the Spurs kind of. I mean, they they, they got as much as they possibly could they got an all-star with DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. a guy who uh you know probably the the best player in franchise history of the Raptors and the Pacers uh got Victor Oladipo but at the time they weren't you you weren't even really sure so to be able to get such a sure what I feel like is probably the most sure bet that anyone can really offer player wise mm-hmm. outside of you know maybe a situation in. New York with the Knicks, where it's a lot yeah, of potential. It's, it's, it's with, all dependent with picks on if, yeah, if and a possible Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. thrown in there with that combination. But J- if you can get Jason Tatum out of this, and you're New Orleans, you can sit back and feel a little bit better about this whole situation. Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's just been funny to me. Um, I, I think. The Lakers had no shot the second that Tobias Harris was traded to the the Sixers for at least it was two first round picks. Yep. If Tobias Harris is worth two first round picks, what is Anthony, Anthony you, Davis? You is can't. Worth, you probably can't even quantify it. Right, like like pick wise. You can't now. Let's say the Knicks get the first overall pick and draft Zion Williamson, which I think. I don't know. And we, this is something we're going to talk about because this is we're, we're recording this a day after of uh, are we call it and sh- call it shoegate. I don't. I don't like. It, I don't like the, the gate me, thing. Yeah, you, I was going to say
1: you, let, we've had this conversation. Let me, let me before. This. You, you.
0: hate I, the I gate thing. Uh, let me go off on a tangent a little bit. It's it's it is specifically with sports. it seems. It's a sports thing. Whenever some controversy happens, they just take whatever the the common buzzword is. Or the common word spy and add, gate. And add gate to it. Deflate gate. Watergate was a hotel. It was not, they didn't call it spy gate. <gasps> Bounty they, they gate. Didn't, oh, God. The spy you, gate hotel. And the, 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 the whole Saints thing, ref gate. Is ref what gate they it. Yeah, oh, it's like oh get rid of the gate thing. Anyways.
1: Um, no, but. Uh, if you think of in terms of like at this point, we're, that's working on 45, 50 years. Like we need something new.
0: Poor water. Like I feel. I always felt bad for the Watergate Hotel yeah. and all this. They weren't doing anything. They didn't, they didn't do anything. They just wanted the. They they wanted the president to come. Yeah. The, What's uh, wrong with that?
1: We need to come up with a new thing. That's
0: eh. too exhausting. Eh. All right, moving on. Anyways, Zion Williamson uh, has a slight knee sprain. Uh, grade 30, one.
1: Grade one. And he's day to day.
0: Thirty six so. seconds into. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 36 seconds into Duke's game with North Carolina, Zion Williamson uh dribbling at the top of the key, uh, makes a cut, I guess, and his shoe just. He
1: burst gave. out of his shoe. His shoe just gave out. Much like a kind of like a flower. And kind of kind of kind of just breaking from its leaves. Uh, his foot bloomed. Never, out of I don't shoe. think I've
0: seen that before.
1: No, I've never seen that. And a part of it could possibly be the fact that he's 6'7, 285 pounds. Uh,
0: shoes. I, I feel like even Nike, I'm, even Nike. I mean, they, Shaq, I never, I don't remember Shaq ever breaking a shoe. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, a good, I, I mean, Shaq broke backboards and rims. Yes. Never broke a shoe. Never broke know, a I shoe. Never, it was just a freak thing. Okay, what's more impressive, breaking a shoe or breaking a backboard? No, backboard. I, backboard, okay, Easily. all right, okay. Especially when you do it multiple times.
1: Yeah, when, when they have to essentially create a new type of backboard Shaq, and rim for Shaq
0: you. did a dunk where he didn't break it. He just made the whole goal quit. <laughs> I mean it was in his early Orlando yeah, days. He, just, he dunked it and then he stopped again and the the, the whole rim, the whole the whole uh, It was done. It was like and yeah, it, it, it collapsed. Yep. Like it it, yep. it 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 was crazy. It he made a he made a basketball goal quit. So Zion
1: not quite on the level of Shaq no, yet. But and when whenever he breaks some some backboards, then
0: he can get in the conversation. But it, it anyway, so when the shoe thing happened, uh the sports world lost its collective mind for whatever reason lost I, its I, collective mind i don't well know. i i get it because it was a nationally televised game anytime it's duke north carolina it's that's a, a big, big deal. deal uh at cameron indoor uh you had lebron and clutch sports were there you had 44 barack there um wearing a jacket that had 44 that, that, on the side. that, that was, that was, was a baller was flexed, man. that, that, was, baller that was a nice jacket um, too By the way, uh, again, kind of going off on a tangent. I was thinking about this as I was watching um, the highlights of Duke, North Carolina yesterday. Do you think it's the best job in the world? Is probably like your post presidency? Cause oh my they gosh, all seem just, imagine. I mean, you still have the Secret Service on. They're always following you around, but you don't. That like, carpet you, you, gets rolled you, you out just, for you. You're everywhere. Just making money, doing speaking engagements. Yeah, you still got your pension. You're writing a you're book. Just, you're just living life. Yeah, like, I've, you look at like I look at Clinton, Bush, and now Barack Obama. They all just seem so happy every time. And I look, see they, they now. seem
1: so happy, and it, it's it's funny because. You you go and you look at all the before or right when they were elected president mm-hmm. after you see how much they, they age. age, but as soon as they get out of there, like you see, they kind of get a little bit younger again. There's some yeah. there's some there's, there's, there's some because it's there's like some, whoa okay pop to their step. exactly a little bounce and, to and their Obama step. was already young whenever yeah. he was elected, so he's you know good for him. You know I, that that's I, I don't want to be president. I want to be post president. That's what I want. To
0: yeah. Do. Well, it's it's almost like you want to win president just so you could get to so that post president. Like, don't cares? even elect me a second term. Yeah, just, I'm not just just even right. Let me get through that first term and then let me be on my way. It, I think we just figured. I think we I think we did. Just, we just, just got agree onto agree something big here. Anyways, wait till I turn thirty five. Just you wait. Hashtag stick to sports. Uh, anywho. Um, so, anyways, no, it was a big deal. You had everybody there. I think I want to say. I mean, the average ticket price is the secondary oh, market. No, it was dumb. It, it was like
1: twenty five hundred. So I mean,
0: it was. And it, and it was a lot of that, and again, it was Duke North Carolina, but a lot of that was because it was Zion Williamson yes, playing.
1: He was the selling point. So, thirty
0: six seconds into the game, shoe explodes, uh, knee injury, he's out, and so that is why the sports world lost its mind. Um,
1: my my favorite shot from the night it's a uh, it's a ESPN close up there uh, it's a it's of Coach K, and in the background you see. Barack Obama and he says his shoe broke you can read (laughs) his lips his his shoe broke like his shoe did break and so did my interest in the game from that point forward because it was not a very good basketball game North Carolina took control of the game early and kind of
0: just ran away with it It I I,
1: I stuck around for the first half some of the second half I
0: I, I went back and watched uh, a bit of the replay and it was just funny how after after all that happened the game restarts eventually but then every now and then ESPN just has a camera focused on the exploded shoe that yeah. like it was pushed under the bench, and then apparently someone later had to you know put it in a bag, take it away. Uh, see,
1: that's one thing I do you know I do love about today's technology is that we can see that. Well, I was half, from
0: thirteen different angles. I was half expecting like in real time uh, ESPN Plus to have just shoe cam as an option, <laughs> where they just they had it just, focused just on the shoe the, the, the entire shoe. time. Uh, <laughs> Not a good day for Nike. Um, they they took it on the chin. Apparently, I, read, I, I guess. I dude, mean, I read today that the, uh, their stock went down, um, and it's projected to go down of nearly of over a million dollars. Which again, for a company like, like Nike, I mean, yeah, that's no, a Tuesday. Fun. But it's know? still it's still funny. It, it is
1: funny to think. I mean, that what that could have well, an effect if, effect.
0: what if this is why when Zion gets drafted, he doesn't sign with Nike? Oh wow, that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, that I think that's where that's where the the whole craziness you know, doesn't go too far off the deep end, all the people saying, oh, well, this is a a Dark day for Nike. Not really, because they're still the shoot They they have I mean, the they're, empire. They're still
1: the step. But in terms of the NBA, I mean, you, you you got guys now. They're all over the place. Kawhi Leonard's a New Balance. Guy. That's weird. Demarcus Cousins is a Puma guy. New Balance.
0: He's Kawhi is a New Balance, and it's weird, but it's also weirdly fitting. It's for perfect.
1: It's, it's like weirdly fitting. It's because you New Balance. You think New Balance. You think <laughs> okay, New Balance. It's just kind of there. Kawhi Leonard. Um, he's just kind of there. Yeah. And, and excellent, but he's just kind of there.
0: So, anyways. Uh, yeah, that happened. Um, but then the conversation now has it, as it often has, hap- done when stuff like this happens, especially in college basketball, where you have the one and done rule. So you know the it's kind of already out there that you know a lot of these kids once they pass their fall semester, they're not even going back to class because if you're a one and done, all you have to do is pass that fall semester, and that yep. could, that could be the last class you go to because yep. you're out of there after spring anyway. Um, the whole idea of paying players. And you know, again, this is because Zion Williamson, uh, projected number one overall pick, st- still probably will be. You know, a, I mean, he, he will be. A I top mean,
1: he's pick. he's at, right now. The way this injury is being framed is it's day to day. It's yeah, grade right. one. He's going to be. Okay. I, but
0: I think the question is like, well, what if it wasn't? That that's where it no, is,
1: that is most definitely where this conversation should like, start. What if? What if? What if it, it wasn't? wasn't?
0: What if? What if this was – what if this is – or even if it's not that serious now, what if this is the start of knee problems for Zion where it's like a Greg Oden situation? Yeah. So – and it's one of those things where – I'm going to go out and say it before we even talk about you know players – paying players. I hate the one-and-done rule. Um, I I don't think – Well, did you
1: see today that they talked about they're changing the age from 19 to 18 to allow quite possibly going to get the the high school to professional thing again? That's just – that's
0: something that they – that today – So – I, I, the, it's new. It's news. I, I understood why they – but see, I don't know where the medium is there because – the happy medium is because you, know, you you had LeBron and then after that you had Dwight Howard. But then you had you – know, You have
1: all kinds of awful examples. After You're right. 100 you guys
0: that would enter out of high school and just flame out completely. There were guys that needed the college game. My, my compromise would be do kind of what college baseball does. You can enter the draft out of high school, but and you even you can even enter the draft out of high school and still go to college even if you get drafted and just as long as you don't sign with an agent, I I think it should be, you know, you could enter the draft out of high school. If you get drafted and you like what the the, the, the NBA team's offering you sign, there goes your college eligibility. But if you don't like what's being offered, you go to college. But the second you go to college, I think you ha- and I think you could have to you should have to go to college attend for at least 2 years before going back into the okay, draft so you- because what baseball does is where you could get drafted out of college or drafted out of high school you could do it where you ha- you the, the team offers you money and if you say no you go to college but the second you go to college you have to be in you have to play college yeah. baseball yeah. for 3 years yeah. or be over 21 after your sophomore year now, with basketball, three years, that seems like a lot just because we're trying to compromise here. So I, I feel like two would be a good year because the biggest issue I have with the one-and-done rule is that stability in college basketball is just thrown completely out the window now.
1: Oh, yes. It's not something that exists. And you even and have – For the top-tier college programs, they 100 percent understand that. Right. It's, it's, a, it's
0: a constant reloading system. But I like – OK. So th- – But you even have guys that – whether it's their first year or second year, they go to the draft. Don't get drafted. No, you're right. That high, and or don't kinda, get drafted at all. And then, then they're they're going off. And there's there's two
1: rounds of NBA draft. There's not a lot of. And
0: that's the only. Re- and the fact that there's only two rounds compared to the forty rounds in baseball. That's the only thing where it's tough to gauge it because the whole thing with why it works in baseball, where you get drafted out of high school, but then opt to go to college. Well, it's after opportunities. The fact the opportunities there's, you're, it's like that's not that big of a deal if it's you not, lost it's them. Not. But for the NBA, let's say you draft a guy late first round and he doesn't like the money he's offered. He thinks he could go to college more. He go to college and build up on his draft stock. Then you just lost your first round pit.
1: Yeah. So. And, and and to kind of look at a different angle of what – because I, I do agree with you there. If you're going to go to college, do at least two years. But you know, let's look at why even just the one and done itself exists. It exists because of the money these universities make off of these guys even if it is just for one year. And I, I kind of went and looked at some of these schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, college basketball, n- not even college football. That's a that's a different conversation. Yeah. But uh, the top 25 schools in terms of the money that they're making, mm-hmm. number 25 is the University of
0: Dayton. Okay, They're a basketball school. They're a
1: basketball school. They are $12 million in the green just about every single year. They're making $12 million of profit. They turn 14. They make about that's 14. Impressive. That's very impressive. Uh and it it kind of it kind of it kind of trails up to the like the top team the really? University of Louisville they make 43 million dollars a year and that's not even including donations made right. to the program some of these programs didn't have that on there so college basketball is really profiteering well, see, what, off of that one year they, they
0: need that Louisville, one year Louisville, well yeah that's that's why cuz i mean and that's where the the conversation goes to well if you get rid of the one-and-done rule, then, like, you, you lose the chance of having all the stars come into college. They just skip it. Well,
1: go. there's – exactly. And, and the NBA has addressed this in terms of talking about, OK, well, if we are going to change this to 18, then you'll have the ability to sign G League contracts. That will be $150,000, something like that, well, to where you can kind of develop. I want
0: to say the reason that this one-and-done one rule came into effect was because David Stern, who was the commissioner of the NBA at the time, was sick of <laughs> – basically the immaturity and just the lack of talent or underdeveloped talent. That's another funny
1: conversation to think about in terms of the progressiveness of commissioners to go from a David Stern to an Adam Silver in terms of gaps of personalities. I don't think you could find a larger gap in terms of the way they handle their stuff. Now, this is – I mean Adam Silver, he worked under David Stern. He he worked with David Stern, but his approach to everything is – it's, well, it's perfect it's a lot for 2019.
0: More, it's, a, it's a lot more progressive. Yeah, it's perfect um, for 2019. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I didn't like Stern. I still don't know how I feel about Adam Silver. Um, Stern's out there now. He do not even give a crap. Yeah, he's you know, just – he's shooting from the hip, just taking everyone he out. Took, he took down Dell Demps back in October. He did. He did. And uh, now the Pelicans recently took down Dell Demps. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. Um, no, but so – OK, so that's what we think about the one and done now in terms of solutions. I, you got the, any? the solution was I don't really have any. My solution was the two years or you get drives out of high yeah. school. But I don't know how feasible that actually is. Now, in terms of paying the players, this obviously this is a, a divisive conversation in, in and, across and, the country. And to be
1: perfectly honest, we, we're not going to have we're, we're going to try not to have the same old, same old conversation with this because this has been something that people have been talking about. For God knows how long.
0: And it's something that they're, as long as the... the, As long as they're not paying players, then... It's always going to be a conversation. And then then when any time, you know, something like this happens where a blue chip college player gets hurt and potentially... I mean, I'm sure sure Zion Williams' family family had a nice insurance policy. So even if, I'm sure they'll get paid. But still, the fact of the matter is that he's not... This could potentially cost – Well, let, you know, let's take a look at,
1: at a timeline of events, at least kind of taking us into right now. So obviously uh, there was a point five or six years ago where you know a coach couldn't buy a kid lunch. Mm-hmm. And and we've, we've we've gotten beyond that. Uh, we've even gotten to a point of uh, a stipends in, in many of these situations. Right. So so these kids can have social lives and things like that. But in terms of profiteering, you said something to me earlier well, today so that, th- that makes a lot so of I'm, sense. I'm,
0: I'm going to – because a lot of people, especially – the older generation thinks that... They don't
1: pay someone to go to college. The no.
0: college is to pay. it. And there goes all of our old listenership. Anyways. um, Where's my prune, joke? <laughs> anyways, my stance on it is that I think the players should be paid in some capacity. But I'm also not out here just weeping tears for the plight of the college athlete. Because <laughs> the fact of the matter is... You know, even though as they stand right now not getting paid, they still have it made.
1: They do. And I think the the thing that frustrates me the most about this conversation is – and I feel like we have – every time this comes up, I have to say the same thing. It's like, okay, sure. I I get it 100 percent. You know, these guys should be – like they're making all this money for these universities. But, but, a huge but, Okay, You go and look. At the percentage of these people playing collegiate sports that will ever get paid a dime professionally, right. okay, it's
0: a percent of a percent of yeah, a percent. No, it's not it's two or three again, percent. Not a lot of these athletes aren't going to play professional. They're sports not. And, and so you uh, think yeah, of the man.
1: thousands upon thousands of well, collegiate so that's athletes.
0: That's why where there's people that come out here and say, well, all co- all college athletes should be paid the same. If that were to happen, the NCAA would go bankrupt in the next day yeah, because there's just no way. And I don't think people realize how many collegiate athletes are lot. out there. Tens of so thousands. Think about it. So if you pay the basketball players, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have a whole Title IX thing again where the women's basketball players are like, well, we deserve the same amount of money as well. Here's the thing. So you you, you got football in the equation. you got basketball in the equation. Then you're going to have women's basketball. All the women's sports are going to be paid. I always honestly, in, having covered LSU baseball for as long as I have, I always feel sorry for the baseball players because a lot of them aren't on full scholarships. In college baseball, you have 27 scholarship spots, like 27 players that can be on scholarship. But you have to break up 11.7 scholarships among those. So like Alex Bregman – more than likely was a full scholarship player. They gave him one of that eleven point seven, but then the math that goes into you know filling out a college baseball that's insane roster, I mean, going, really, filling out a college baseball roster. You have eleven full scholarships and seventy percent of one, and you have to break that up among twenty seven players. So it's and I remember Maneri telling me this. This is a couple years ago. He always laughs when you hear the football players and the basketball players complain about not getting paid. He would just be. It would be nice if he just had twenty-seven scholarships for yeah. twenty-seven players. Yeah. Because and now, granted, in Louisiana with tops, it helps because if a good player in Louisiana has edu- has a good enough uh, did well enough in high school where he gets tops, then that doesn't count against a scholarship. You could count that player as a walk-on and go give those scholarships to the out-of-state guys. But I mean, again, so. In college baseball, like, no, it's, it's, people forget about that. It's a very difficult so, situation, right? And so, it's, again, it's it's it was always funny to Minari that you know the football other players. people would complain. So my and my thing is, if you're the NCAA, how do you how if you're going to implement something that would pay players directly from the NCAA to pay players? Because again, the NCAA is a multi billion dollar corporation. Well, it's a corporation. So, and that's always the argument is like, well, they they're making all this money off of these kids. Those kids deserve a piece of the pie, but if the NCAA were to directly pay the kids, how would that work? If Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tagovailoa, are they well, do they get the same salary as the the second string left guard at Montana State? Well, how do you how do you differentiate who is owed? What? I mean,
1: that's a valid question, but like so, the way I look at this is too, is I think that I mean there is kind of a little bit of uh, maybe uh, something you could base it off of in terms of the profit sharing, maybe in Major League Baseball. Uh, there's some things you can do there, and and but the, the thing that the thing that I think complicates. This, when it's, it's all said and done, is quote boosters. A, well, it's is that in quote-unquote
0: amateurism, hiding under the guise of amateurism.
1: Exactly. And beca- I don't think you'll ever be able to fully dictate how much money is being pu- poured into a program by alumni, by well, boosters, and so, and then, by and things and that's like that. Things. So even if you are a Dayton and you make $14 right. million, dollars, your basketball program, mm-hmm. okay – you're not like a Louisville where there's $40 million coming in from boosters and people just throwing money at the university for their basketball program. Right. Like, you can't compete with that. No. So, uh,
0: well, and, and so, like, and my thing with, and a lot of people have said, because, again, paying players under the table is obvious. I mean, let's not even hide our heads in the sand here. It's a rampant thing yeah, going yeah, on Yeah, let's not even be done about it. Um, and people have often said, well, if, if NCAA would pay the players, that would go away. My argument is no, that wouldn't go away. It would just make it would just you would just have increased the mountain. So instead of you know these players would be getting played, but then in addition to that, if they really wanted a high school recruit, they're going to throw even more money at them because it's just well, You're, you know you're can, always can we, going can to. Can I
1: play devil's advocate for a second? Because I just want to hear what you want to say. Mm-hmm. What if they? What if they treated this stuff like free agency? Duke is going to get Zion Williamson without free, without quote unquote free agency yeah. because of Duke. Well, so now now Zion Williamson gets to go to Duke, but he gets to I, I don't again. Let's not pretend it's not happening. Yeah. But he gets to formally get paid right. to go to Duke, and obviously he is going to dictate more money right. than Joe
0: Smith. Right. And so that and, who who goes to Southeastern right. Louisiana. And so the fact that it's all about. You know the the profile of the player dictating the money. That's why I say the NCAA should have no involvement in paying players. But if a play, if like let's just say, uh, you know, a, a tire shop in Durham, uh, North Carolina <laughs> wants to have Zion Williamson be in a commercial <laughs> and pay him money for it, Zion can do it. He is mark. I, sh- I think you should be able to mark it off of your oh, name yeah, because yeah. it is your name. How is how can the NCAA tell you that no? We're making money off of your name but you can't make money off of your oh, name. Oh no,
1: it's it's baffling. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, well obviously during Johnny Football Mania, I remember mm-hmm. seeing this thing about how many number 2 shirts right. Texas A&M was selling and, and it was insane. I remember I, I it's uh, this is a, a while back now, yeah. but just at the time being baffled. It's like, wait a second. Well, How can they even right. do well, that?
0: Didn't Jay Billis took down the NCAA like the the shop, the online shop at yeah. NCAA.com. I think it was because of the Johnny Manziel yeah. stuff when he was like, here's the NCAA here's the NCAA shop selling Johnny Manziel jerseys. They were the and AM number two jersey. I, I'm not sure if they were actually allowed to put Manziel on the back. I'm not sure NCAA is allowed to put Manziel I don't know on about it. and look In this might been before it was the, the fact yeah. it was the fact that Billis was pointing out. So here's the NCAA profiting off of a Texas A&M number two jersey that clearly represents Johnny Manziel. Yet Johnny Manziel can't, can't even sell an autograph. Right? Can't, can't, can't do any of that. Go to
1: a birthday party for twenty. And bucks. I get it. And
0: I the NCAA's argument has always been, well, the only reason their name matters is because they're playing NCAA. That, but that, that's I don't uh, that argument doesn't hold water with me. No, because it Because it it's still their name. They the player still did that to yeah. make his name important. Yes, the NCAA provided a vehicle. But how can you tell me that just because you provided that vehicle, you have all the rights to make money off of him, but
1: he can't? 100%. And I think that that argument now might end up becoming something that's faded because, OK, the NCAA is providing that vehicle. And really, there is no other place providing a vehicle. Right. Well, if, if you start looking at some of these other starter leagues that are coming up that are proposing possibly you know, being these developmental situations Uh, There could be other vehicles. Mm -hmm. There could be other vehicles where if someone has a bunch of worth – I mean you had a lot of people after this national championship game saying, hey, Trevor Lawrence, why are you even – leave Clemson, go play in one of these dumb leagues for one
0: year and then go to the NFL. Well, it's just – I mean I think about it in terms of, again, like why can't they do commercials? Why can't they sell autographs? It's their name. And then the NCAA every time – or anytime anybody that's on the side of not paying the players at all – the argument is always, well, that doesn't mean they're amateurs. Well, okay, let's take let's take it let's make this comparison then. Let's say a highly touted biology major at Duke uh, is you Can know give him a name. Sure, give him a name. Tim Jernigan. Tim, Jer- Tim, Jer- why Tim Jernigan? I, don't, I like Jernigan. I just thought but of Tim. Tim Jernigan, the NFL player that used to play at Florida State. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> Bill, Bill Jernigan. Okay, Bill Jernigan. Anyways, let's say Bill Jernigan's a highly sought after. You know, biology major that's, you know, going to like once he graduates, goes to grad school, gets his PhD, God. is going to just get some Good for crazy you, Bill. job. Bill Jernigan, he got it from his mom. While he's in school, can still go get a paid internship yep. during the summer yep. or just not even through the school, just get a summer job that probably has some kind of tie to his field of study. Yep. He can make money off of that. So, why can't Zion Williamson make money for playing basketball? And and when it's as all said and done the all goes is to, not, As long as the NCAA is not directly paying him, so it's still he's still an amateur, but he could still make money off of his name. And the simple answer to that is is because there
1: is no platform for, you know, built, biologists that, that is built upon, you know, this entertainment empire. Because that's what football is right. that's what football is. If if the NCAA could profiteer off of Bill Jernigan, yeah. they would do it. Oh, they I can't. Agree. They can't. There's no there's no biologist convention that right. Bill's out there, you know. But, but stuff my, my point
0: being is that you know because of what he's learning in school mm-hmm. at the moment he's getting this job as you know so he's profiting off of what he's doing in school. Yep. So why can't a basketball player profit nope, off of his name? Very valid, very valid question. I, I it just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I like it, and they always they again they throw amateurism at you. But I mean it's well at that point it's, it's lazy. At that
1: point it's it's. Whenever I hear that, it's like, okay, well, you don't want to have an actual conversation about this because
0: we're well beyond that point. And and the other argument is always, well, they could go get a summer job. Look. No. Top. That's the thing. Top in. And even in the smaller FBS schools or the smaller D1 schools or even D2. I mean, this is basically a 365 a year job. And now look again. Here I am. I'm not out here crying for the plight of the college athlete. Like when was it? Was it, it? Was I don't know if it was Kimba Walker or Shabazz Napier. After the one of uh, the UConn, one of the, it was one of the years that Yukon won the title, and it was either Sh- uh, Shabazz or Kimba. I think it was Kimba. I'm not sure. It was you know saying we're out here starving? No, you're not, dude. You're not starving. You're a full scholarship athlete. You have a meal plan. You're not starving. You can get food. All those nutrition centers, they basically have food on, in stock 24 seven. You weren't starving, so save me that. But. I, and again, you know, free education—that's that's all important. I I'm, like. I'm not saying that the free education is worthless. The full scholarship, the full ride—that's not worthless. But when you have an organization or a corporation like the NCAA making money hand over fist off of these guys, in a way—and this is this is a buzzword—I don't know if I want to take this too far, but it feels like indentured servitude to a point. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Um, I, well, So just at, at the very least be able to profit off your name because you can't directly pay the players. I get that because like we said earlier – I mean I get it but I also don't get it because it's already happening, right? Right. But no, but the NCAA is not paying them. Right?
1: I, I, I understand the NCAA is not paying them. But again, like what? Why not just pay? Just a free agent market. Because again, like so for these So you
0: would say schools should just be able to like – schools can directly pay the kids to come play for them.
1: Yeah. Because, because – uh, because here's but here's then, the thing. But this, in, there's already a certain degree of that right. happening. But, and at least but you, when could, it's like, you could dictate yeah, it. You could legislate it. You could, you could outline rules and yeah. guidelines. Because this stuff right here, all this stuff being done on the table. I mean, I want you to look at this sheet right here. Okay? Texas A&M made $107 million in profit
0: yeah. off of their football team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I understand that. That's insane. But then but then, if, if we're basically turning this into – you know Pseudo professional sports What's the actual point Of college sports Why can't those kids Just go straight well, And play I think that's football?
1: already That's already the question That I have
0: So disband college athletics In Germany uh, It's not well, even It's not about Disbanding it at well, this point like, Because
1: well, well, I mean, but no, now that, This is Now that happening. I think
0: about it though I mean here's the thing You go to college To get a good job These kids are going to college Because a lot of them Their job They want to be prepared For the next level But again so,
1: When we say a
0: lot of them It's not yeah, a lot of still them still not it's, a lot of them Going it's a, on
1: It's a handful
0: Right, of people. It's
1: and, not and, even painful.
0: Like in the grand scheme of things, no. It's, it's like it's, a salt pinch. You're
1: right, and I, I feel like that's what we lose track of here: is that it, it is
0: such a small percent small amount of people. Well, and that's why I think, you know, if the NCAA were smart about it, and they would, and again, if, the, if they would be able to avoid all the controversies, if they just let the let, let it let. Let the athletes take it into their own hands. If you can mark it off your name, you make the money. We don't want any part of this, but we won't stop you if you, know, you want to go do that used tire sales commercial. That's no <laughs> big deal. Because that way, again, like – because the biggest thing, like I said earlier, if you start paying the football players, then – the domino effects can happen when they'll be like, well, the basketball players are like, well, we want the money well, too. But also, and I think too, gonna, is if you. And how are you going to be able to pay the men's well, rowing team? Well, look, here's the thing. This, is, this also that. operates under
1: the guys that, for example, for a lot of these universities that are making money off of the sports, you know, there's three or four that are losing money. Well, the, but the, the fact that you're, you're Football
0: like, and basketball in most countries, or not most countries, most colleges, they're keeping afloat the entire athletic program. Yes, everything. Because. You know, women's basketball more times not is operating in the red. Tennis operating in the red, but you're not operating in a vacuum. You're operating in the red, but your athletic funding as a whole is operating in the green because you're you're making hand over fist with football and and basketball. I think I think that's how you would that's how you would manage that. But and not 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 to bring up you know the whole not title IX is a flawed system. Sure, but because but but it's flawed. Because there is no, because the whole point of Title IX is that you're supposed to have as many male scholarships as you're supposed to are have, have female scholarships. That is a noble cause in theory. However, there is no female sport that ha, that had that matches you know football having to have seventy three or seventy scholarships or whatever fifty whatever. it is. I don't know. Yes. Many scholarships. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So because of that, so because of Title IX, and this is a weird tangent we've gone off <laughs> on here. Title nine but, talk but because of Title IX and having to match those scholarships, you lose a lot of male sports now because the scholarships you have to meet with football and you know the male scholarships you got meet with football you lose a lot of male sports now because they can't afford to have extra scholarships there well, I my mean, point is, but my, that, uh, that was a long and winding road to say it doesn't matter that you know if, if like the facts say that well all these sports operate in the green so we should pay them. I don't think a lot of the athletes are going to see that, and I, I think if like I think you would see like again, women's basketball teams are like, well, if the men are getting paid, we should get paid as well, and then the NCAA because of well, I think because the, of the climate of you know just politically correctness and everything, the NCAA would have to cave in because well, there's no, sure. no way they're winning. That.
1: And I'm I'm 100 on board in that, but I, I think that it's a very the investigation is very easy. Is okay? Well, how much money is 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 Tua bring into the university as opposed to right. Cheryl. But can you so can you can you can come you up can with, you quantify that can you quantify I a salary? Like I, I, well, I, I don't so know if you can quantify the- a salary, but you can just blanketly looking at it, you can be like, okay, I can there's a there's a discrepancy right off but, of the bat. And
0: so here's the, here's where the flaw in that is. And again, like in a vacuum, that sounds vacuum. perfectly that sounds perfect, but you know it, take LSU for example. LSU is One of the few schools in the country that makes a net profit off of baseball. Their women's basketball team loses money. The women's basketball team has more scholarships to offer than the men's baseball team. And so, yeah, while it seems like, well, obviously, here are the stats. So naturally, this should have this much because they're bringing in this much much money. But well, but we, I, but we I already have we already have a case in the NCAA where it, it doesn't really matter how much money they're bringing in they're just because well, they, because when it's
1: all said and done it it's it's about fairness it's not about it's that's not in in theory for the scholarships it's not about money LSU football last year made 56 million dollars yep. they were 56 million dollars in the green yep. where that 56 million dollars go how much of it is poured back into the program right. how much of it uh carries all the other sports but my point- how much of it is just sitting right. there But
0: my point is If you're asking every college or the NCAA as a whole to regulate, okay, how much should should a player's salary cost? I just don't think they would do that because somebody's going to complain, and because of the climate, they're going to cave in. And besides, the NCAA has already shown that they're pretty incompetent when they handle a lot of these issues. Yeah, we have,
1: Um, and we've we've milked the hell out of this. We've we've milked it.
0: Yeah. So going from paying players (laughs) will go to uh, to hardly having enough hardly having enough players. So. Uh, for those that have been watching uh, KLB Sports, uh, we ran a piece this week. Uh, basically, you know the plight of football in Central Louisiana. A lot of it coming down to uh, lack of player participation. Um, and look, if you want to check out that story, head on over to klb.com/sports.
1: Oh, well, uh, there, there's the plug. I wasn't sure if he was yeah. going to give it. I, I Trey over here. I, he's he's a relatively humble person. It's yeah. it's a damn good story. If you Thanks haven't man. seen it already, if you care about high school football in Central Louisiana, if you care about High school football in the state of Louisiana, it's a very pertinent story to watch, uh, and it's it's one of those things to where we've already seen some people kind of engaging with it online. I, I think uh, it's a very good discussion starter. You cover it from all sides,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there's legitimate interesting conversations
0: to have about each of those angles. Well, so th- – the the genesis of me putting that story together dated back to going to Grant High School for the, back in August. You know, doing when we and every year we put together. You know, we preview every single high school football team ahead of the season. Grant was a Class Four A school at the time. They're moving down to Three A this year, but at the time they were Four A. Uh, head coach Freddie Hallman told me like this is you know in terms of numbers, this is the worst it's ever been. He had twenty seven kids to dress out. So that's you know barely enough to you, you don't even have a two D. No, you don't. Unless which, you have players playing both ways. Yeah, which uh, is very for common. a for a school is very small, and so you know that's something that it shocked me and it stuck with me throughout the season because I remember at, you know as I'd go to other games you'd see some of these schools they uh, just you'd look especially it was it was it was quite apparent especially in the early part of the season when you had like a team in our area play against another team from another area and you'd look at the sidelines. Of the other team, and then look at the sideline from the Central Louisiana yeah. team, and it's like, huh, "Hey, wait a second! This, uh, Something doesn't look right this, here. This doesn't feel even." The difference, um, but no, and it's part of a larger conversation because you know, in the last decade, the quote-unquote war on football has the, the the screams of that have been getting louder and louder. You know, as CTE research, you know, continues to go on, as you know, honestly, a l- cost continue to be a problem to where. You know, it's hard for teams and
1: for watching your story. That to to me seemed like uh, well, it, it was it was something I, I didn't think about that much, and it's it's also something that's also kind of obvious because uh, there's cutbacks not even in just sports, but in in the arts and right. really just extracurricular stuff for kids to do in schools in general, especially in a state like Louisiana. Louisiana that is Louisiana you know, is dead last in well, terms. Louisiana
0: of, has just bungled everything when it comes to supporting education. Uh, that's a different podcast for a different day that's not not in this lane, uh, but no, Louisiana's education has been just mishandled completely over the years, and, you know, athletics suffer because of it, because of money reasons. Um, there's a lot of different factors that are, you know, that play a role in this. Um, you know, this, in the story, uh, the stats say that, you know, from 2016 to 2017, the nationwide football participation has gone down two point two percent. Uh this past decade as a whole it's gone down six point six percent. Um however Louisiana uh is a football hungry state. Yes. Um it's produced a lot of talent over the years. It's constantly at or near the top in producing NFL players per capita. And I believe this past year they were at the top. Um, so Louisiana while the rest of the country is like seeing like severe drop-offs in player participation louisiana not seeing that so much and especially in like the new orleans the baton rouge area mainly the south but also you know shreveport and monroe i mean it's there's football culture there um central louisiana um i'll say this for living here for nearly two years now it's i just don't see that like i've seen it elsewhere baton rouge new Orleans. i've worked in baton rouge new orleans and monroe and it's it's different it's different
1: this is funny too so uh, kind of take me through what you've what you've seen. Uh, being from someone who who, who has well, been around the state because look I, I yeah,
0: you, I've coached you, I played, you played here and that's why I, I played wanna, played that's East, why I wanna yeah, get your thoughts on this as well. Um I mean honestly, you know, there's you, you, you look and this is kind of the extreme when it when you're talking about northeast Louisiana, but West Monroe has a has nicer facilities than Louisiana College does here in terms of just a yeah. stadium. Yeah. Uh, weight room, all of that. It's just it's nicer, um, you know. New Orleans, Baton Rouge. You go to some of these schools, and they look like mini colleges. When you're, it comes completely, to you're completely,
1: you're completely blown don't away. Don't see that
0: here in Central and, Louisiana. And
1: it's 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 funny. You, it's funny you should bring that up because especially with like now. Even I remember being blown away with some of the stuff West Monroe had ten years ago. Right. And looking at programs in this area now that are just getting. An updated weight room and that weight room's been the same for 15 years. Right. And during that span of time, Western was probably had three. Right. Three three different updates. And it's 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 baffling. And you said this during your story. You know, it's kind of a chicken and an egg situation. A
0: ch- well, so so does the winning what comes first? Did you have to do you have to prove that you can win and then the monetary support will come? Or do you need that spark from the higher-ups to get that money and then then the winning comes. I I, th- I think you need that
1: money because okay. So and I I can only speak on the things that I know. Obviously, mm-hmm. I coached high school football for a little bit. I played high school football in this area. Mm-hmm. I remember there being times where I was in high school where we didn't have enough equipment, and the equipment we did have was not safe equipment. Right. And telling people, hey, like you you can't come out because these shoulder pads are ten years. Right. past their due date like these help they, like you like not having the Whoa. equipment and and having 40 people right having f- and and 40 being too many only being able to field a team of 40 cuz that's all the equipment you could afford that's not happening other places right. that's not something where you go look at a West Monroe there's 112 kids on their roster mm-hmm. and you know let's say let's say 60 of them they uh, they they're, they're not the best people in the world but if you want to play football right. and 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 you 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 want to give that commitment and put that work in you should be allowed to do it they i've seen situations where they can't monetarily Pull that off, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then you're having a okay. Let, does the booster club have some money to buy some equipment? Right. And not every school in this area has a booster club, mm-hmm. or or has. And even if
0: they do, it's a small one. Exactly. Just the fan support's not. And really you talked there. about
1: rising cost and about cutting costs. Football equipment is not cheap. No. And it's one of those things where because
0: of well, the, and, and the and nature okay.
1: of the game, you have to maintain. It's not. But it. It, but every I mean, two years, it, you have the, equi- to the
0: equipment. Though, is probably the cheapest of what you. You're paying for in terms of you know because you need a stadium, you need stands, you yep. need yep. weight room, yep. and, and granted, you know the weight room could be multi-purpose for other sports, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it needs to be big enough to be able to yep. you know house a football team plus you know. Well, there's there's so exactly there's so many
1: things that go into that that, that go in. And,
0: and so in in terms of you know solutions for the problem when it comes to Central Louisiana, the the the, the I'm trying to think how many different so from Freddie Hallman at Grant his. His biggest issue uh, when it comes to um, getting players was that, you know, they're the only school, in, the only football school in Grant Parish, I believe, right? Or is technically LaSalle's in Grant Parish, maybe. But, well, isn't LaSalle in LaSalle Parish? You're right. That's stupid. Um, I think Montgomery, they're the only one. I don't know. Um, right. So, I mean, they're the only one. We're showing one. our ignorance here. Yeah, so you have, us. But no, Hallman told me, so you have kids that, you know, live, you know, miles away from grand high school but because they're in the grand district that's where they got to go they have trouble just with buses transportation getting those kids especially during the summer months so his whole thing and he he said this in the story yeah you'll have 20 kids show up to practice but then the next day you'll have 20 more kids and they're not necessarily the same same. it's not the same there's only so much to work his um solution and i don't know how this would really affect grant because they're the only school but consolidation of schools oh yeah Um, yeah. because in terms of louisiana the central louisiana is the the least populated area of the state we do have a lot of schools um but and i want to as someone that played for avoyles um i want to get your take on this because pride does come and it's it's like this with the high schools but especially like this with colleges and i I could go i could go off for days louisiana has way too many state-funded universities yeah I mean when I worked in Monroe, the fact that you had three schools under the UL system within a 40-mile radius of each other is, is ridiculous. So you need to consolidate there. But the reason they don't consolidate is because, again, it's Grambling, Louisiana Tech, ULN. It's the prime. Louisiana of this, Tech yeah, and ULN hate each other. Yeah. And then you can't disband Grambling because it's a historically black college. And if you do that, then bad things can happen to you yeah. if you shut down Grambling. Um, so when it comes to you know high schools here in terms of consolidation – like you being an Avoyles grad again, you played there, coach there. Your dad still coaches there. Could you see a scenario at any point where Avoyles and Marksville well, okay, consolidated? Well, okay so,
1: so here's something. You know, you, you talk about you talk about the consolidation. You talk about uh, I don't know people 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 from different towns not getting along. I can give you an example. Whenever we first got to Avoyles, Avoyles uh, in the parish, uh, several different junior highs had closed mm-hmm. and. A Boyle's High has a junior high now. Right. So you had to take kids from like Mansura Middle mm-hmm. and there was another school. There was another junior high that's escaping uh, escaping me right now. And they had to go to school together. Right. And there was a lot, a lot, a, I can't even, it was cotton boy. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of animosity mm-hmm. and a lot of hatred because wait a second, like, no, like this is not how it should right. be. 10 years. Right. Where we're sitting at 10 years now. That that's that's it's not the same. It's nowhere near on that level. You I remember it being such a big deal, it's not a big deal anymore. So do you,
0: so, but, but do you I, think I, the hardest
1: thing is gonna be to pull the trigger. That's the hardest thing is gonna be to say, Hey, well, Bunky avoils and Marksville, maybe they don't all need to Like there should that, there should be maybe two. two.
0: Two. would be good. So you have to figure And up, up, look, this. you've
1: seen this with Bunky because Bunky has over the past couple of years in, in in terms of uh, student body uh they've had the the, the right the so maybe it's a okay, so where rate.
0: who does bunky consolidate with? well Is like bunky's had
1: to bunky has had to kind of uh rebrand as like a tech school right to to, to kind of sell something now but there was a time where where bunky was the top of this right of that
0: district in three years right but and now they're struggling it, it doesn't in even 2A. right but it, it doesn't like how, how they how they do football wise shouldn't no, Obviously no, it, no, no, it should no, But the, the point Hallman was making was, okay, let's – like for the sake of the argument, let's say Bunky and Marksville consolidate or Bunky and Avoyles consolidate. Well, now you have a bigger talent pool to yeah, choose from. Yeah, 100%. So 100%. It's not, wa- it's not as watered down. No, it's – And no. like and, and let's go straight from just the Alexandria city limits. Let's say Peabody and Bolton consolidate yeah. or something like that or if Ash absorbs one of Peabody or Bolton or let's say go across the river and – I don't know if Pine, Pineville well, and Tioga – or Pineville and – Well, it's, 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 Pineville it's and Tioga funny to bring this up. It's funny you bring this up
1: because we talk about consolidation. of Voiles High, I believe, was another high school that, that – it's two, there was two other small towns around that mm-hmm. area that consolidated to make a Voiles High School. This conversation is – it's an easy conversation to have because right. to be honest, we, you look at the solutions right there. But someone is going to have to say, OK – we're going to have to wipe away well, 110 years of – not not wipe away, yeah. but
0: we're closing Bolton forever. Right. Bolton has been open Last for thing. a it's century. It know. comes down to ego and pride and you tell – like and, – and again, like that's a tough position for let's say the, the superintendent to discuss with the principals of those schools because you don't want to be the principal that was like, yeah, when I was there, that's when they – that's when the school dissolved. <laughs> that's you, what don't, you don't want that on your resume. Yeah. So I mean I get why that's a hard thing to do but I mean – it, at this point, it would make some, sense. Some hard decisions have to be made. It would make sense. Look,
1: uh, the the power of the parish in Avoyles Parish is Marksville. Uh, talking to Dunbar this summer, their 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 numbers aren't where they normally are, and that's a program that's consistently great yep. in Central Louisiana. And but think if like they, they don't have like these coaches. Okay, I, I was fascinated with the story, and so I'm going to kind of grill you a little mm-hmm. bit, with a couple things. What was the most kind of galling thing that you discovered or the thing well, that that popped out to you that was either the most surprising, the most kind of stomach-turning it, just, during well, your research stomach turning, I mean, I, I don't, Well, not we're, stomach-turning. We're talking but, about football. Yeah, like, it's not
0: – But something that you were just like, wow. say The thing – it was just something I was completely ignorant to and uh, it wasn't until I talked to Thomas Bachman over at Ash where he pointed out, I was like, you know, this area doesn't really have – many that there's no established youth football leagues like there are in the rest of the states and i would that's when i do I, you want to do you i i could take you down this avenue i, I mean, could take you down this yeah we could go down well before but like that was like when i was like huh that makes sense and it's something that had he not said that i never would have even considered mm-hmm, that yeah but then i thought back at it and i was like yeah baton rouge new orleans monroe all had you know established youth leagues which are basically feeder schools for the high schools you don't really see that in Alexandria. And so Bachman was telling me we have – there's quite a few kids on the team where when they played at Ash, that was the first time they put shoulder pads on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, OK. So this
1: this is an interesting – this is an interesting little avenue to go down. So for the longest time in Alexandria, you had AAA football. Jody White was kind of the commissioner of mm-hmm. that. Uh, Jody White worked for the city of Alexandria. He was in the Parks and Recreation Department. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he was in charge of all kinds of stuff. Uh, over the course of the past, I believe it was just two years ago, uh, an outside entity, essentially almost like a union of coaches under Jody White, essentially forced Jody White to disband AAA football in Alexandria mm-hmm. because he wouldn't give in to this conglomerate of coaches' demands. So now, and it's
0: look, it's it's, it's weird. We're talking about pee wee football, and you just use the word conglomerate. I just think how like, ridiculous, no, it no is not, really, not how ridiculous that you're saying that. How ridiculous that idea was that there's a conglomerate being formed for pee wee freaking football trying to overtake this league.
1: <laughs> like, and what are now, we I'm, doing? I am speaking on this from a variety of kind of secondhand sources and people who were around the league, but it was an interesting thing to follow. So right now in the area. The only kind of organized youth football league is the Red River Youth Football League, and you want to look across the river at the team having the most success really in central Louisiana outside of of Manny is Tioga. Well, guess what Tioga has? Tioga has those – but they have those kids from Red River football going straight – to their junior high program, which is on their campus of their high school, and they're going straight to that high school program. You have kids, by the time they graduate playing for Tioga, who've played football for 10 or 12 years. Mm-hmm. It's not like that right. everywhere around here. And a part of it is a part of it is, is the geographical location. Is if I'm in Avoyles Parish, I don't want to go to Red River to go well, play football. Right. And now uh, Avoyles has had some startup leagues here and there, but nothing right now has been as consistent as the Red River youth football.
0: Well, and, and so that's where it comes down to, you know, how is football in this area viewed? Like, obviously, you have, you know, your LSU fans. You have, you know, even your Louisiana college fans. People like football here, but how seriously is it taken? And I remember one of the guys that I talked to in the story was Blair Phillips, who right now is working. uh, He's doing personal training after, I mean, he had been the coach at University Academy from 2013 up to 2017 when the school disbanded the program with player, uh, player participation number, low player participation numbers being the reason why. Uh, Blair Phillips, a guy grew up in central Louisiana, played at Bolton, uh, played junior college for a couple years, then finished his collegiate career at Oregon, was on, I believe, maybe the active roster for a little bit for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he was mostly a practice squad guy. But I remember asking him pointedly, like, what is different about this area compared to the rest? And his answer, and he didn't mean this positively. Is like it's different over here. He doesn't feel like football's taken as seriously. No, it's not. And it's, I mean, that's not like. And and, and to be fair, it's and like in this
1: area, it's not like the all of high school sports is poor. You've got really good baseball. You've got really good softball. You've so got that was something like I was thinking P-Miles. about
0: today because we're talking we're talking about you know we're in the midst of uh, high school basketball playoffs right now for the girls side. You look at. You know, central Louisiana is represented in terms of teams making the semifinals and the finals. It's most, it's majority class B, class C schools yeah. that don't even have football. It's these really small area schools that, you know, you don't really have schools like, there isn't really no class B or class C schools in Baton Rouge, New Orleans. Yeah. So, yeah, while there is some success there with the basketball and. Uh, well, uh, I'm not even talking no, about
1: basketball. Basketball, it's, it's, baseball. Like, yeah, that's but the what stuff people care, is,
0: people care about. Like class B and class C is dominated by those rural areas. So yeah. Just by just by the sheer, you know, just by the law of averages, you're going to have central Louisiana teams succeed. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think it's because they're producing better baseball players and they're producing better football players. I just think there's less competition for those baseball and yeah, basketball yeah. compared to what it is for football. That being said, you do have your cases like the Peabody um, in foot in basketball and even you know if we're gonna like again. W- Central Louisiana claims Manny. That's the one national, the one state title that Manny's won, and uh, that Central Louisiana won was uh, since 2013 was Manny in 2014. So then you have an area like Manny, which was what you know. Hallman mentioned them. How and when it comes to Manny football, they're the only game yeah, in that that's area, it. and it's in a it's in a location where you still have some talent. Yeah. You have like yep, you can you know, pull. Shreveport expats, yep. stuff like that. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, it's it's a weird – Well, like, OK. So uh, it, the solutions – Another – We point out the solutions. I don't know if any of these solutions are actually going to happen.
1: Well, I, I think during the story, you did a good job of – You you didn't sit there and try and lay out a plan for how you thought it because – No, I mean that's irrelevant. Yeah. You you tr- uh, you identified was, well, the three – I
0: think before you could point out a plan, you got to identify yeah, the, the problem. Problems.
1: Yeah, and I think you identified each of the problems. Uh, pr- personally, do you think that there is one of these issues that is – More prevalent to the issue than the other.
0: Like Um, so like like, what is your take on – I went into it. It was supposed to be just a strictly player participation story and that evolved into – well, wait a minute. There's these other other factors involved as well. Um, Ask the question again.
1: What do you think of kind of the three main issues that were highlighted here? What do you think is the most prevalent issue to this problem? Do you think it's it's, honestly I think it a thirty three percent split pie? Is that how that's working? If I had
0: if I had to say how does this this pie graph look? I would say the, the biggest issue is that there's too many schools. Um, okay, so that's the issue. I, I think that's the issue that's because sixty percent of the issue because I think that the fact there's too many schools directly affects the player participation numbers and could also affect how much money these schools can, right. can, can do. So out I mean, I support. feel like that's that's if there's like a plan to start, I feel like that's the first thing you have to do. But again, like we said earlier, those are some tough conversations that have. Those to, are conversations that, that well, those are conversations that you can have, but. But I need mean to shout out Leesville football too because they actually made the uh, semifinals.
1: Yes, uh, they did. They did. The they they had, so they, had, they, had a, they had a great season. As did Manning.
0: But then Leesville like but so we mentioned Leesville. But I mean I remember I mean I, I spent a lot of time with Robert Causey this season. I mean being, to be perfectly frank, it's just some of the things and and look and he I mean he even you know would lament you know uh, that like it's just it's we don't have the same type of athlete. Yeah. Because yeah. Leesville is a team that you know they. They, they're in – they compete – or they used to compete in a district that was a lot of Lake Charles teams and you know they just – they couldn't – they didn't have that same type of athlete. They, yes, they'll have – like again, Leesville in our area has produced the most college talent the last couple of – but they've been the – they've had the most kids signed the last yeah, two years yeah. I've been here. But even then, so like for every Matt Anderson or for every McKenzie Jackson last year that Leesville has put in college, it's – you still have you still have a kid that's basically learning football as well, where you don't really have that at other schools. Or or if you do have that at other schools, they're learning football, but they're not actually going on the field. Whereas just by necessity, these kids are learning fo- football, but because of the numbers, you have to yeah. put them on the field at some point. And
1: I, I think that that is one of the reasons why Tioga has been so successful. I think that's going to be one of the reasons why when it's all said and done, uh, I, I think Bachman's going to be able to make Ash something that is – Kind of relevant statewide is because of what they've got
0: going on over at Brain, mm-hmm. the people that the way they're developing kids at Brain. Uh, that, mean, that's that's something you mentioned that, but then seeing this is where the whole consolidation of schools comes into place. Bachman, they don't always go to Ash, that's they don't the always they, somewhere else. They go to Ash. Um, which is, the, kind and of the open, and enrollment and honestly, thing one too. of the reasons why I wanted to have Bachman and Ash in the story because again, since they moved to 5A, I believe back in 2012, 2013, I'm not sure when it was. Um, they'd never won a playoff game yeah um, and they've actually never because the way that district is set up, you had you know it was Natchito Central Natchito Central Pineville Ash and then three North Louisiana school, Northeast Louisiana schools in uh, Washita, yeah. um, Ruston, and uh, West Monroe. and it's actually going to change this year because Nacker Central got swapped out now now you're gonna have you have West Washita coming in so you're gonna have four um, northeast Louisiana teams in that district just Ash and Pineville anyways. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to get Ash in the story was because here they are. They just this is their most successful season in five. They won a playoff game, had a classic, uh, just an
1: all time, all time round game where they
0: it was them and Rustin, and again Rustin early in the year had come to Ash and beat Ash. Uh, Ash was winning at half. Rustin ended up come back and beat him, I believe, by two touchdowns. Well, that was the
1: game. That was the game they lost at quarterback. No, that was the
0: game, uh, right. it was the game. there was a West Monroe game. Before oh, the West that. Monroe game before. I mean, Ash this year. I mean, like. Or people forget Ash at one point in the power ratings, and you know, say what you will about the LHSA power ratings, but Ash at one point going into that West Monroe game, it was technically one versus two in the class five A power ratings. Yeah. So West Monroe was one, Ash was two. And then uh Ash's quarterback went down kind of through some through some things. Anyways, that Rustin playoff game, uh Judd Barton, their quarterback, come well, that was his first game back, uh just they were meeting they were going blow for Richard blow.
1: Richard Shark had an all time uh, great playoff performance. Game. I think it was seven touchdowns. Like it, it was, was crazy. 300, 400 but, yards
0: my thing was Ash in the end ended up losing that game so they still to this point since moving into this district have yet to beat one of the Northeast Louisiana teams and I remember one of the things I wondered because why I wanted Ash in the story was well what if the facilities at Ash were better on par with those teams in Northeast Louisiana how much of a difference would that have played in that game does Ash end up winning that game against Ruston in a close game so it's just one of those things because like you look at Ash and the way Ash is framed in the story is in terms of central Louisiana, they have – The numbers you know, are up. numbers are good. But when you compare them, you compare them yeah. to the district that they play in, they're still fighting for that respect. Yeah, And, you know, to, to Bachman's credit, he loves every second of it. Oh, he does. wants to compete. But it's still one of those things where, you know, it's, you're not on an equal playing field yeah. uh, compared to those northeast Louisiana teams, especially when you want to – I mean, and that's unfair to compare them to West Monroe. But, I mean, they are in the district, and that's that's the the mountaintop for the teams in that district. But, I mean, that's a – Ash and Pineville have a long way to go in terms of just being consistently on that West Monroe level, and it has nothing. I mean, it has a little bit to do with the players, but it has more to do with you know monetary support.
1: Yeah, when it's all said and done, it's about about the dollar bills, man. And
0: and so that's where you know it ultimately comes down to you know how serious is this area willing to take it. And and like again though, but I mean that's why it's kind of a chicken or an egg argument. If these teams aren't really showing that they can win. Why, why throw money into it?
1: Yeah. No, yeah. And and that, so that's why it, it, all, it all stems back. And so that's why that. I'm
0: interested to see, you know, where – and, you know, Bachman was saying he feels like, he, you know, he's been in his time at Ashley This is his fourth or fifth year. Uh, you know, he the, he's feels like the support has been there. I'm interested to see, you know, now that you show the success, how does that support grow from there? Because It's a symbiotic relationship.
1: I, I think something else too in the story, um, this is, uh, I guess, kind of to, to wrap things up, mm-hmm. something I really loved – was Coach Phillips talking about in terms of what you have to do when you have those kind of numbers, he's like, "Oh, well, your first team guys, a guy that's have to play both sides of the ball. Your second team guy is a guy that's probably not having
0: to play football. Like a yeah. guy that a well, guy that his, you wouldn't normally well, even have played so football." It's, and that was and that's um, <laughs> that was such a great <laughs> line. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, the, I think the quote was, you know, you have a guy who's not an offensive lineman has you to play, play offensive, offensive line. Lineman. You have a guy who technically hasn't even played football, but because he's a boy and on campus, he has to play football. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you don't, you can't field a team. Yeah. But I'm glad you point that out. So it, it's funny how. You know, this is kind of going back to, I believe it was episode two when we talked about the split, the select non select split, and how, you know, the whole point of the split was the non select teams were mad that the select schools were, were recruiting kids. I asked Blair Phillips about that because University Academy was a private lab school, or I don't know, what even a lab school, or it was it was LSUA's lab school. It, right? Yes, yeah. It was a private it, school. It wasn't always that, but whatever right. it was, UA, that's what it was. It, it, yeah, it was,
1: yeah.
0: And, for the so, most part. and so they were a private school, so they are select. And it was I asked Blair Phillips, uh, "You see all these bigger schools, you know, out here recruiting kids." His issue was he had to recruit his campus. Yeah, because it was because <laughs> be, it's it's
1: uh, look if, if if the school isn't sitting here saying, "Oh, here's some money to go," yeah, to essentially offer scholarships
0: to kids. No, then Yeah, I mean, you got to he recruit. To, like he, to recruit he would literally, day. he would have to go watch the basketball team, go watch all the you know all the other athletics, and like find. You know, you'd have to, like, during PE classes or during classes he coached, you'd have to do recruiting during classes just to fill out his roster. Uh, so, I mean, that's and that's something that, like, you, when you really stop and think, it's it's funny but also sad. It's that, very sad. That you, that, that's what it's come to. And, you know, unfortunately for University Academy, they don't have a football team now. So, uh, yeah, uh, we Covered a lot of uh, we, this we covered is, a lot of sports, but it was a lot of, lot of a lot of this was
1: my favorite episode. A lot of that we've
0: societal, done. political, sports this issues. Whether it was you know had. Zion Williamson uh, making money, Anthony Davis, whether he should play or not. going to have a hard
1: time topping this. one. So, this yeah, is, this uh, was,
0: this, the creme de la creme here. This was, we didn't actually talk about games themselves. Nope, that was that was fun. It was it was fun. So uh, yeah, um, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna plug the story one more time. Uh, it's called Fixing Football you could find it on our website klb.com/sports it's a little long uh, and i apologize for that i could see where it could get boring at some points but hopefully you'll be in, hopefully
1: you'll you'll like the subject matter enough to where you'll stick right. it out yeah, cuz
0: you won't regret i mean it, it, it kind of i tried to make make it to where you don't there wasn't too much like numbers being thrown at you yeah yeah uh, because there were some other numbers i could have put in there but uh it you know, it wasn't conducive. Anyways. And look so watch the story, check share that out. it. Yeah. Uh, you comment. know comment on it. Yeah. Uh
1: you know, it's 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 been a fun thing to talk about mm-hmm. the last couple days.
0: So Yeah, check that out. And then as always, check us out on KLB. Uh again, girls uh, high school basketball ramping up, then the boys will follow right after that. Uh LSUA basketball's probably going to win the national NAIA national championship. We'll be there
1: for that. We'll have, we'll have it coming Don't don't mean
0: to jinx that, but I mean, they've won 19 games in a row. Uh, They look unbeatable right now when it comes to the rest of the NAIA. So that's something to look forward to as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on. um, And there's really a lot of stuff that went on this past week or this past month to where, you know, there's a bit of time uh, between podcast episodes, but we are trying our best to stay on top of it all. Sometimes it feels like we're spinning plates on, you know, sticks. It then, does, it does. And then a bull just comes out of nowhere and knocks all the plates down. Yep. But we're trying. I hope you enjoy the content that we're putting out because uh, it's been fun for us. It's been a blast. We're, we're, we're having fun. Yeah, so that's Wesley Boone. See you later. At West Boone 16. Trey Mongrew at Trey Mongrew. KLB Sports at KLB Sports. I always thought it was weird that, like, it, it, it's Twitter's changed the game. I'm going to – I want this in the podcast. Right. Tw- Twitter's changed the game because the pound symbol is no longer called the pound symbol. It's called oh, a hashtag. hashtag. And then if you say at in somebody's name, that's just a normal yeah, conversation yeah, thing now. Yeah, it's out. a normal thing. Like, I don't know. That that was weird to me. I, I just thought of that as I said, at West Boone 16, at Trey and times, at KLB Sports. The times uh, – So, understand. yeah, check out all those Twitter accounts, klb.com slash sports. Uh, we have a Facebook page, KLB Sports. You'll find it there. So uh, what else have I not plugged? Athlete of the Week, Athlete of the Year? Athlete of the Week, Athlete of the Year. Uh, that'll be something that, you know, will be a... Uh... You know what?
1: Daryl Strawberry is going to be at this event. That, we got we to gotta talk to Daryl Strawberry. I'm excited.
0: Fun times are ahead. So <laughs> hopefully uh, we'll have another podcast not a month down the line. Uh, again, we'll see you soon. There's a hope. Yeah, that'll work. Bye.